0: This evening, I'm going to offer a dharmet, <laughs> so a shorter dharma talk on the topic of patience. And then I'd like to have us engage as a community around this topic of patience after I've done that. And uh, there'll be some time for you to talk with each other, to talk as a group, as a whole, um, I've been really interested lately in different forms of, of teaching the Thursday night. This is not an unfamiliar form, what I'll be doing. Um, but I'm, I'm wanting to bring in more of a community feel. Uh, we come, we sit, we go home, we don't get to meet each other, we don't know what's going on with the people next to us. Um, how is the Dharma informing their practice? Um, We don't get to share how it's informing ours all the time. So this is a really nice opportunity to to do that. And then, of course, if you're just feeling quiet, there's there's space for that, too. If you want to just stay within your own self and your own practice, you can also do that. So there's a couple of things that made me want to share this particular um, theme with you this evening. One just happened this morning, and that was uh, being with my son, he's three years old, and he was playing with some of his toys, and the one he was playing with was this electronic thing, (laughs) leapfrog device, that um, is called Mr. Pencil. And Mr. Pencil, uh, he has a love-hate relationship with Mr. Pencil, it's this... A uh, game that flashes up a letter and then encourages you to trace the letter, and it teaches you basically your alphabet has numbers too, and how to write these letters and and um, numbers. So it's a really nice educational toy, but the the hate part of it. Um, is that it's hard to do when you're three years old <laughs> and you're just learning how to hold something like a pencil. And you have to just push on the screen just so and trace it perfectly in order to get the letter or number to be completed. And then at the end of that, it rewards you with some music and some image, um, which he's motivated to get to. Sometimes he can do it and sometimes he can't. So this morning I hear yelling and a loud noise and I walk in to see what's going on and Mr. Pencil is being thrown across the room (laughs) and he's really upset. My son's really upset because he can't do Mr. Pencil. It's not doing what he wants it to do. And so as mom, you know, I have choices here. I could either be... Angry that he's throwing his toy around and, you know, that he could break it or something like that. Or another option is to come in and be his patients. And I think as a parent, that's one of our roles is we step in as the mature person (laughs) that we're meant to be, uh, to, to show our kids how to, um, have a different relationship with what's going on. So sometimes it means patience, sometimes it's compassion, um, sometimes it's um, voicing what's going on in a different way. And so this morning it was patience. So going over to him and saying, this is really frustrate. you're frustrated, you're angry right now. You can ask mommy to help you do that. Let's sit down and trace with Mr. Pencil together, and we took our time, and you know sometimes I couldn't get it to work properly, and I just showed him we do it again, and we do it again, and you know that really it's okay, it's just Mr. Pencil <laughs> and whenever these opportunities arise for me um, to be the patience for my my son it always reminds me of you know okay I can do this for him (laughs) it's really hard to do it for myself all the time so I can be having that internal toddler reaction with something something's not going my way it's you know it should be different I should be getting a different result this is not what I planned you know this person is not doing what I want them to do And the frustration and reactivity arises. And it's harder sometimes to remember to bring that same level of patience and care towards my own internal experience. Somehow it's easier to do it externally and be the patience for my son. And I have this feeling that I'm not alone. (laughs) Even if you don't have children, you know, that, that, uh, bringing patience towards yourself as a uh, as opposed to, you know, someone you really care for or someone in the moment you feel compassion for, that's really easy. You know, when we have that connection with somebody else and we're present to it, patience easily flows in those moments. And we can do that for ourself too and with our internal experience. Uh, But sometimes we have to learn and um, be clued in a little bit more to that as being a possibility. And of course, I'm gonna direct this back to not just our internal experiences, but our practice with those internal experiences that as we bring more and more mindfulness to whatever is arising, to be able to stay with whatever is arising, we need that presence or that patience, that kindness, the gentleness that I was talking about in the meditation. Uh, And it might already be there naturally. Uh, Maybe you see it sometimes. Maybe it's not consistent. Maybe it's a really easy quality for you. But even so, if that's true, having awareness that that is part of the uh, equation within your practice is really important and can be very empowering when we're clued into it. The other reason I wanted to bring this in was because this was actually the theme of the last family day at Spirit Rock, and I teach the family days where it's a day-long, like any, well, not like any other, because it's all families. We do a lot of singing, a lot of games, a lot of interaction, um, some meditation. Uh, but it's always around a dharmic theme. And so the theme was on patience. And the musical artist, uh, Eve Decker, who's come here to teach in our community before and leads groups in the Bay Area, Uh, She made the comment that she was looking up songs about patience for kids, and all she could find were songs on waiting, (laughs) to learn how to wait, wait our turn, that kind of thing. And waiting is an important quality. It's an important skill, actually. Um, We want our kids to learn to wait, wait their turn. We usually call it patience. We'll say, be patient. You know, we need you to be patient right now, or you're doing a great job being patient. And so we internalize maybe this idea of patience uh, as being a form of waiting, which there is a little bit of that. But I think in the Buddhist tradition, this quality of patience is different from just waiting. Waiting implies we're waiting for something where we have an expectation that if we wait, we'll get what we came for. (laughs) If we wait our turn, our turn will come, and we'll get what we want. And patience is something entirely different. Patience, there isn't an expectation of getting something, uh, the practice itself or, or um, uh, what it is that's being cultivated uh, is not, um, you know, something we're just waiting around for. Um, patience is seen actually as this quality that is to be perfected as we awaken our hearts and minds. There are, there are several different qualities, 10 in fact, and patience is one of them, that when our hearts and minds are fully awake, that that is one of the qualities that's perfectly perfected. Patience. So it's more than just waiting. In fact, to think that if we just wait around or just wait, for something to happen to us, we're totally missing the point. If we're waiting for our minds to be better or we're just waiting around hoping that the right condition will arise and that'll be it, we'll wake up, um, we're really missing it. Patience is something really different from that. Patience has this flavor of, uh, of heart, of the Brahma-viharas, the divine abodes of the heart, of metta, loving kindness, of compassion. Patience can be uh, within ourself, uh, having patience for, like I said, whatever it is that's arising, being in a relationship with that that is fluid not holding some kind of expectation or control around any given moment, thinking this is how it should be. Patience is fluid. It moves with whatever is arising. It helps us meet it. It helps us turn towards it and really see it. When we're patient, we're meeting it also with uh, this undercurrent of kindness, of acceptance, most a uh, uh, spirit of welcoming. This is what's here right now. That's what allows us to stay fully open to the moment, to what is here. So you can see how patience in our practice, uh, there's no separation here between uh, whether you have a loving kindness practice A mindfulness practice, concentration practice, patience is already in there. It's whether or not we actually have teased that apart and are noticing that that is actually present. And then noticing, too, when it's not present. Sometimes it can be a a factor that if it goes unnoticed, and that little bit of frustration starts to enter into our experience. A little bit of tightness and expectation and control starts to arise. And it just starts as this little, uh, little seed in the mind. And then over time that gets hardened and begins to kind of take over. It's, it's a bit poisonous to our hearts and minds. But the moment we notice it and realize, oh, patience is missing. Patience is missing in this relationship with this experience. Patience is missing with my relationship with myself. Patience is missing uh, with this experience of confusion or not knowing what's going to happen. I can't be patient with that. <laughs> How many of you find yourself in this experience of anxiety or agitation because you don't know what's going to happen? It's really hard to be in that patient relationship with the unknown. It's maybe not especially now, but certainly right now. There's so much unknown to our future the human race right now it's really unknown maybe it's always been unknown but we just ha- have it um, in our consciousness I think on a different level right now it's stressful this quality of patience uh, is just one quality that can help us start to relax into the unknown begin to relax into just the authenticity of what's available uh, in any given moment, the authenticity of ourselves as well. Sylvia Borstein says, Patience is more the quiet moment-to-moment adjustment to unpleasant circumstances done in knowledge that they cannot be other. This is wisdom. Is that moment to moment adjustment to this is what's happening right now? The way that patience is talked about in Buddhism is also with this knowledge of the larger picture of things. Not just you know, more of this universal um picture, but also in time that things change constantly. That whatever it is right now that we're feeling so impatient about, it's changing constantly. We might not be tuned into it because we have a really hardened view of what's happening and we're missing the moment-to-moment changes. But it's there. And so this, this patience, there, I guess there is a quality of waiting, but not waiting like you're expecting something from it. More of a listening. It's more of a, a settling into the moment and listening. We're curious what's arising next or what's arising right now. What's changing in this moment? It's a very different way of being. I think we have a lot more practice uh, around waiting to get what we came for, waiting to get what we want. We might be more attuned to that kind of patience. And so this other, maybe more spiritual-based patience, um, I think of it as a very holy, uh, uh, experience to really be in touch with patience, that capacity within ourselves. When we're in, attuned to that, um, it's very empowering. It can bring in a lot of confidence that we can stay with whatever is going to arise. Very different from, say, just waiting at a grocery store, uh, in line, waiting to be checked out. I tried this out the other day. <laughs> I've been playing around with patience and so I went to the grocery store and I was, I've been playing around with this, you know, how much of waiting really is the patience that the Buddha was talking about. And I'll tell you, standing in line, you know, I could do mindfulness while I was standing there. I could do metta for the people in line with me and for myself. But the actual act of waiting to get to, you know, my turn to be checked out, it didn't feel very holy. <laughs> it wasn't a very, that in itself didn't feel like a real, um, development of my spiritual practice. It felt much more like, okay, this is the social expectation and I'm meeting it. <laughs> Which is good, you know, we're, we're all here in community and having to, um, uh, work together in a way to get through our day, uh, in a way that's, that's, you know, not causing harm. So in that way, that's, that's a nice thing. But, um, it's very different, I think, to be, let's say, with, uh, another person who is going through a lot of confusion or anger. Uh, Maybe they're going through just a really hard time. Uh, And to be patient with them, offering them your presence, your kindness, your time, your groundedness. All of this kind of fits together. And then to be able to offer that same kind of patience to yourself. Maybe you're going through a really hard time. Maybe there's a lot of confusion that's stirring up a lot of um, anxiety or uh, depression. Is there some way to be able to be with whoever you are in any given moment? with the same level of care and time, this gentle patience. And if you can, how that changes the experience, how that changes how you are holding that experience, there's so much more capacity to then be with whatever it is that's all stirred up. The patience is wise. The patience is stable. It's bigger than the dukkha or the suffering. It's what can hold whatever it is that's arising. It can be a whole flurry of experience, but patience, kindness, compassion, these are these heart qualities that can stabilize and hold whatever that flurry is, help it to settle, help bring more clarity in those moments. So I'll just stop there for now. And I'd love you to explore this with each other and see what your relationship with patience is. How do you relate to it in your practice? When is it easy to call upon patience? When do you feel like you're most successful with this kind of patience? When is it really challenging? When do you find yourself, uh, you know, forgetting it (laughs) entirely? So go ahead and turn towards the people next to you, maybe creating a group of three or four Um, introduce yourselves. It might be nice to say where you're from Um, if you don't know each other. Just get a sense of geography. Uh, Where do you live is what I mean. And then each person, just taking a couple minutes to talk about your relationship with this particular theme. Again, it could be you know, how it turns up for you. How is it, when is it easy for you to be patient? When is it challenging? You know, whatever comes to mind that you want to share. And then after a couple of minutes, the next person can share. And I'll ring the bell every two minutes just to give you a sense of time. And we'll take, um, we'll take enough time for each person to be able to have two minutes. Okay, go ahead, okay so let's let's hear some of what came up, and also if there's any questions that um, you have in mind about this this topic, yeah. Let's, um, perfect. Great, Ellen.
1: Just at the, the one of the last things we talked about, uh, and actually I heard this word back here too was equanimity. Yeah. Uh, and, um, how patience seems to be, con- you know, connected with. Being able to cultivate, cultivating patience, I imagine, leads to equanimity. Um, and I can feel, I know when I don't have patience, but I, you know, this is like a huge question. Okay, so how do I cultivate it, you know, in those really, f- when I'm frustrated, when I'm in a situation and I'm feeling really frustrated as an adult, like, you know but the same kind of feeling that your son was feeling like i want to throw something across the room <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i say to myself i i recognize you know i there's i don't have equanimity here i'm not accepting the way things are i'm
0: not patient mm-hmm. yeah and then what yeah that goes a long way uh just knowing when it's absent Um, you know, we, I feel like I say this a lot, but I think we all probably need to hear this a lot. I know I do, that we just don't have that level of control that we want to be patient now, and so we will be. (laughs) This is a quality that is oftentimes slowly cultivated. You know, there's the times where we all are able to be patient In the right conditions, we have enough sleep, we're around the right people, you know, we're feeling a certain way. It's really easy to be patient. We don't have to cultivate patience in those areas. But the areas that are more challenging, this is where, you know, it takes time. It, you know, it makes me think of a rock that's been thrown into a river, and then it's over time that it all the edges get smoothed out and it becomes this really beautiful round stone river rock so we're a lot like that and so I think the the just noticing when it's absent it it sounds like okay (laughs) but I'm still not patient but actually it's part of the process of smoothing those edges of cultivating uh, more presence, just knowing when it's not. And when you know it's not there, and you're really attuned to that, you really know that's true, um, a couple things can happen. One, you can realize that whatever you're about to say or do, you have to be really careful, and you might just hold off on whatever it is, because... The patience just isn't there. Like for myself, um, I, if I know that the patience isn't there, I'll step out of the room. (laughs) You know, I'll walk away. I'll, you know, hold off on hitting send. (laughs) And it makes all the difference. And then in a way, I'm, I'm giving myself time. I'm being patient for the patience to arise. You know, so I'm giving myself the space for the conditions to come back together that allow me to have the capacity to hold something with more patience and all those other qualities that we've talked about. Equanimity definitely being a part of that. Every time we do it, we're just polishing it just a little bit. But it does take time. I imagine that we all have found that places where maybe we were more reactionary, you know, even just over time, I think most of us, you know, naturally develop a certain level of patience that wasn't there, you know, maybe when we were younger. And that over time, this is a quality of, of aging. This beautiful quality of aging that arises. And, um, and so just in that, there's, you know, this quality of patience takes patience to really perfect. It's kind of mysterious <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else?
2: Um. Uh, i started thinking about sort of uh kind of things in our lives like the, the devices in our lives and how we can kind of pull them out at any time and be distracted anytime there would be an opportunity to be patient or or you know i guess i'm thinking about waiting but i'm thinking mm-hmm. about you know um, you know, waiting on a train or something. It's like people don't just have to wait anymore. My right. children, when we're on a road trip, they don't have to mm-hmm. get themselves, you know, look out the window and use their imaginations. They're, they can constantly, you can, everybody, we can all constantly be doing something, checking our email, replying to somebody. Right. Uh, patience is, uh, I'm just curious about how, uh, how much less we get to practice patience because we no mm. longer have to. We have these things now that allow us to just always be on to the next thing or always be doing something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think um there is something to that. Just being given the opportunity or taking the opportunity. We're given many opportunities, but... Yeah, when we have ways to distract ourselves, you know, you could look at it as, well, I'm, I'm offering myself some entertainment between these times. Um, but is it entertainment, enrichment, or is it just distraction? You know, a way to cope with our dis-ease with just being. We have a real problem with just being right now. We're in a culture that doesn't value just being. Uh, we value, and this is the larger we, we value being busy, you know. We'll say, oh, I'm really busy, and that's like, I'm really important because <laughs> so I have things to do, you know. That's very different than what we're cultivating here. Um. The just being with, uh, I think, in a way, we need those moments probably to be able to cultivate patience, um, even just to be present with when patience isn't there, or to be present and really know that present or patience is here, that it's it's within the mix of the experience, and get to know that, get to know. What patience feels like, how it arises, how it disappears, what supports it, what, um, cuts it down. We have to be here (laughs) to do that, to have that information. We won't understand it through an app or by reading it, even, uh, uh, just reading in, you know, the, the Buddhist texts. That's a nice place to go to start to have an understanding, but it goes only so far. We have to experience it. We have to know it on a more somatic, bodily, uh, heart level than just the cognitive, intellectual level. And so, yeah, maybe with all this... um Technology, all these distractions, we're robbing ourselves of opportunity to deepen this connection. Which is interesting, because I think so much of our coping with the world right now um, and looking for these distractions is because we're we're actually craving some kind of connection. There's there's um, some way we want to feel connected. And so we're reaching out into these forms that are being offered right now, but they're really unsatisfying. They might be satisfying for a moment, but long-term, there's no long-term satisfaction. We have to keep looking and scrolling through for more. And really what I think we're craving is this connection with just being here and being here together. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for that reflection. Uh, Ruby has her hand up, and then we'll travel back. Yeah.
3: So what you said of your experience as a parent, and I currently have... A almost teenage daughter and have been really thinking about what it means to interrupt someone's speech uh, when she is so clearly distraught, I realize I don't even have the patience to let her suffer. Mm. And it's a very challenging interpersonal practice. Sometimes, um, you know, it's it's illogical. And I, I a few months ago, I said to her, I'm really trying to develop the skill of respectfully disagreeing with you by letting you finish your sentence because that's I felt all I could do mm-hmm. to make it physical a physical practice of patience yeah right that's... your your thoughts don't make sense to me but I have all the resources of a lifetime
0: mm. yeah to just allow her to speak yeah
3: yeah sometimes I, I think And maybe you've felt it as well, both as a mom and as a woman. Um, She does have a lot of really high expectations of her socially. She is pushed to be perfect in a way that boys around her aren't. Um, Her question to me last night was, how can I stop the awkward situations? Mm. And I really would love for her to have the thousand good answers that work for her. Yeah. And for me not to interrupt her yeah. in coming to them, right? That she be a girl who wasn't told the one answer that she had to take. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. And, yeah.
3: And it's so hard to practice it, you know, with another being. I, I, I felt you spoke to it so well when you talked about with ourselves with our children
0: with each other patience is a gift it really is an act of generosity when we can be patient on this in this way with another person this heart way it's it's a true act of dana of generosity and i think you know i imagine for your daughter it, it's in itself uh, an offering of of how to move through this world. You know, you're showing her through example, an option. Uh, it's it's uh, it's such a beautiful thing, and we feel that when someone is really being patient with us, and they're they're right there with us, and we're going through our confusion or our frustration or we're just venting or whatever it is and they're just right there and they may not agree with us entirely or they might have some opinions about what we should or should not do but when they're able to just hold the space with patience we feel that there's a resonance it 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 resonates with our nervous system it resonates with our own capacity to be with whatever it is that's there, so it's such a gift to be able to offer this patience, this kind of patience, to somebody else. Yeah, thank you.
4: And how about back here? All right. Well, you you kind of said what I was going to say, which is that it's a. Oftentimes, I experience when I'm with someone who's patient, I can become patient myself. They're, they're giving me that gift of patience. And um, it's very attractive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I'm when I come into the presence of someone who's truly patient, um, I feel drawn to them. Mm-hmm. And there's an experience of being seen mm-hmm. Not just as a function of some situation, but as, just as a human being and being seen as a, you know, a spirit in this human body. And sometimes if there's, if I encounter patients and I'm, or someone who's patient with me about something that I'm confused about, there's a kind of unfolding that can happen. Mm -hmm. It's not like you should do this or that, but it's, It's kind of, there's this kind of unfolding feeling that the solution to this confusion just kind of arises out of that patience and that relationship with someone who's patient. Mm. And, um, I was, (laughs) I lost my, I left my hat here one day. (laughs) And, oh, I was, I'm very attached to this hat. (laughs) And, um, so (laughs) the next day I was rushing over here hoping I would find my hat. And I was greeted at the door by one of the monks and there was some way that he was just standing there, smiling, making eye contact, and I said, I left my hat here, and he said, oh yes, we've saved it for you, When we put it over here on the shelf. Um, it was, and I just kind of let, was it, it was a minor situation, but I just could let go of the anxiety about losing losing my hat, which of course is no big deal, but <laughs> I, I felt like the patience I felt coming from him was in a way larger than the situation.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's it. It's just another Mr. Pencil. <laughs> right? Sometimes these issues are big. You know, these are, these are small things, but we can get worked up around the smaller things. They feel so meaningful. They mean something in that moment. And so we can get worked up around it as if it was everything. Right? Even as adults, we do this. And then sometimes there's really big things that happen. And, you know, um, even still we can bring in these qualities when we're, when we're engaging in something we're really passionate about and we know it really matters. We were having a meeting earlier, um, uh, uh, what was it? Maybe seven or eight of us, um, at the Berkeley library around global climate change. And what we were going to do for, um, the, um, Buddhist conference. <laughs> I forget what it's called. The Greater Buddhist Conference that's happening in Berkeley. And we're going to have a booth and it's going to be around Dharma and climate change. And so we were having this conversation about it and, um, and what we were going to do and getting in touch with our, our passion for that. And it was a passionate group that came and, um, you know, that's a, that's a really important, you know, topic. Um, it's a happening, <laughs> a really important happening that's going on in the world right now. And so, um, you know, it's important to remember, though, that even that we can bring in these qualities of patience when we're engaging with people who um, we could view as being part of the problem, for example. Um, perfect moment. To cultivate this this patience and this presence and this listening, um, you know what would that do to the whole conversation if we can have that kind of connection that you had with the monk over your hat, have that kind of moment um, with with people around something like whether climate change is real or not. <laughs> You can imagine holding that space in that moment in that kind of conversation. That may have an effect on that, that conversation and the connection there. Um, whereas if we're just reactive, uh, you know, we're, we're not having that connection. You know, there is no communication. So this, this practice of patience, we can bring it into to everything all aspects of life. And again, we're talking about, you know, other people, being patient for other people. And that's a really nice way to learn. Um, and then we, we have to bring it back to ourself when we realize we don't have the capacity in this moment to be patient around this conversation, you know, with this person who has a totally different viewpoint, um, that we don't beat ourselves up for that, that we turn the patience back towards ourselves back towards our own frustration our own confusion our reactivity that we come back into a relationship here you know because it's all it all starts here within ourselves and once we have more clarity here when we um, are able to stay with our own experience, internal experience and relationships with these, these topics or these emotions or, or these passions or whatever it is that's coming through, when we get more clarity there, the way that it moves out into the world, the way we use our speech and our actions become more clear. It, there's that fluidity. Fluidity is there with um, whatever it is that we're, we're doing. So, how about one more, and then um, we'll wrap it up.
5: Well, you you covered a whole lot of bases in this talk, and I really appreciate (laughs) it. But the one that hit me when you were first introducing it is the whole issue of listening, you know, and how listening is an expression of patience, I think, if you listen, you know, active listening, they call it. that also, what you're just saying about the global warming stuff, I'm in a group in my city, actually, that uh, just had a big event on global warming stuff. And, and I noticed, because I was leading one of the booths that we had there, and, and so I realized later, actually, that the way to engage people is actually ask them a question about mm-hmm. how they're doing, you know, what they're doing and all, and then listen. Yeah. You know, just really listen, and and I think that's a way to really open up people, rather than telling them what yes. what we think they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is, you know, when we're talking about being distracted all the time, um, and it's a, it's a real problem, I think. But at the same time, you know, part of what the teachings are is about doing meditation all day long. You know, in mm-hmm. other words. You know, life is part of meditation or part of our practice, rather than the other way around. Yeah. And the more we do that, I think it it's, it actually does cultivate more patience by uh, just turning off the radio in the car, for example. Yeah, A real simple thing, but I find it very helpful.
0: Absolutely, and um, we're lucky as lay people that if we can engage our practice. Um, into all the different aspects of our life, we have a tremendous amount of opportunity to um, polish those edges. Um, there are a few versions of maybe the same story or maybe it um, happened just many times at the time of the Buddha where um, monks just wanted to go sit in the forest and practice because that's where they could really cultivate to, you know, these deeper states of concentration and so forth. Um, And they felt like that was where the awakening would happen. And they'd come out and they'd, you know, have cultivated something. And the Buddha would then say, okay, well then go to the city. I want you to go to the city and I want you to go, you know, practice in the loudest part of the city. And they'd go and they'd last for, you know, A few days and then come running back. Please let me go back to the forest. That's where it's quiet. I can't, I can't concentrate in the city. And it's, Oh, (laughs) you're not as polished as you thought you were. You know, we can, um, we can get a lot out of being in spaces like this where we can be in some relative quiet and have the right conditions to practice. And that, that polishing happens from us being in in relationship with the world with each other our most challenging people they are they truly are our greatest teachers when we can hold it with this patience when we can hold those relationships with this patience it can be very um impactful on our own experience okay well great Thank you for exploring that theme with me. It's been on my mind a lot this past month, uh, so I really enjoyed that. I hope you did, too, and that you got something from it. Um, I'll dedicate the merit, and then dedicate uh, the merit to all beings, everywhere. uh, Whatever wholesomeness, goodness um, came out of our time here together, practicing together, listening to the Dharma, exploring it together, that it may be not just for ourselves, but for the benefit of all beings. May all beings find happiness and contentment in their lives. May all beings be healthy in their minds and bodies. May all beings feel safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Thank you for your attention.